Done? No, Finished? Ready. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Now that Bobby has done various old man things. Yelled at computer. <laughs> yelled at clouds. Just want Bill Gates off my damn Mac. Bill Gates is everywhere. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm, and this show has everything. In the past, we've talked about the petty grievances that make us grit our teeth with irritation in the world, but today we're flipping it around to talk about the tiny satisfaction triggers in our lives, the little things that make us happy, both physical and metaphysical is the important thing to say here. And finally, returning to the podcast with me this week are the other Tishi non-pop culture savants from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan. It's Meredith, the MVH fan Harn. Hi, Meredith. Hi, Anne. I'm sure everybody knew that I was going to be <laughs> included in that list. <laughs> and from Animal Loft Studios in Delmar, New York, it's Bobby Pape. Hi, Bobby. Hi there. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out who my favorite below deck captain is. So I'll get back to you when I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like I do okay with pop culture. It's just I'm not totally freaking obsessed with it the way that some unnamed co-hosts are. That's all. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong nope, with that. Not that there's anything right. wrong with that. Also not a mother. So we all had a couple of weeks off the show. And now now we're back to um do, do our duty. Whatever. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, speaking of our duty, on today's show, we'll begin with a little small talk. We'll see what's in the mailbag, share the little things that make life worth living, if that's not building it up too much, make some Tishi recommendations, and let you know how you can get involved with the show. Uh, Bobby, give us some small talk. Well, I think we're all going to give us some small talk, actually. Um, and Anne, I'm going to bounce it right back to you, because you are literally on the move literally on the move so here's uh what's been going on in my world uh two fridays ago so about a week and a half not quite two weeks ago on friday afternoon my boss uh dm'd me g chatted me whatever however the kids say it and she was like hey do you have a minute to meet on zoom and i was like okay sure no problem and she said i'm i'm gonna ask you this on text first because i don't want to have to ask you it face to face and you like feel pressure and feel bad. So take your time and think about it. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my uh, God. Oh my God. <laughs> dog head to the sideways question mark. And she's like, the new guy starts on Monday and we don't have a place for him to sit. And I was wondering how you would feel about giving up your cubicle. And she's like, Oh yes. <laughs> she's like, so, so and I was like, how dare you? Yeah, that's totally fine. <laughs> so I went in that I was like, do you want me to come this afternoon and clean it out since he starts like, on Monday? I'll I'm be so I'll excited be right to get over. rid of this cubicle. Totally. I'm picturing there's just a there's just a cloud in front of her laptop <laughs> as she's halfway to campus. 
And she, just, <laughs> there's an ant-shaped hole in the wall. Exactly. <laughs> she had come up with a couple of different solutions for me. One was to share the cubicle with Lauren, my neighbor, who is even more introverted than I am and works from home almost as much. And I love Lauren, but I don't really, like, I want my stuff. I don't want to co-mingle stuff. Why, why I remain happily single, I guess. But then there's also a little, like, not even a full cubicle. It's like a third the size of a cubicle that's got a little desk and whatever, just tucked back in a corner. And I said, I will have that, please. So, um, yeah, so we did it. And then I went into the office today for the first time and I felt just snug as a little bird in my nest back there. And it was great. And the best thing about this is that if they're going to take away my cubicle and not give me a full one in return, they can't ask me to come back to the office full time. Nope. Yep. I mean, I think that's off the table at this point. So I am very happy. Um, although it does not mean that I'm going to be going into the office anymore uh, often. When I was driving home tonight, I was like, I'm so tired. Can I, do I have enough time to take a nap before we record? Mm -hmm. It was was just, and I swear to God, at least three hours today were people like finding me in the back corner and coming to talk to me and catch up with me. And some of it was work work related, but I do not seek people out, but it's just like everybody has an Ann radar or something in the office and they all fucking come back and want to talk to me and catch up. Did she bring some cake to the office? No, no, not even a whiff of cake, but... Mm. I guess I have good cake will for all these years. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like super awesome and people like me. I think it's just Pavlovian. <laughs> they hear you come in and they start to drool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Does New Hire know that they're responsible for dessert? Oh, I did not mention it to him. As a matter of fact. It comes with the desk, right? Yeah. I don't know what his baking skills are, but we'll have to have a discussion on that. But that's my news. I am back home in my real little nest, not my fake little nest. And I'm very happy with all this and how it turned out. So yay for me. Congratulations on downsizing at work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was so easy. I did not need that whole huge cube. That's weird. I always uh, refer to them as cockpits because they're like a big U-shaped desk because engineers need counter space to look at plans big plans and stuff Uh, even though we have a plan table and we have gigantic monitors that you can put digital plans on they decided that they needed this desk space and it was just empty in my desk so it this is i'm right sized now you just found the perfect little and it's there's a three bears thing going on here exactly yep yeah yeah well good uh meredith uh your small talk's a little heavier than normal so i'm gonna just leave it over to you to to unpack that yeah it is um yeah it's not happy news uh everyone here is fine but um and i will say content warning um ahead of time if you don't want to hear talk of suicide then uh tune out for a few minutes yeah skip ahead Um, five yeah I'll try yeah. to keep it brief, though, and, and vague. But I uh, I got a call from one of my good friends last week. Um, I was in the car driving to the dentist, 
And she said, are you in the car? And I said, yes. And she said, are you okay? And I said, yes. <laughs> she said, um, well, my husband um, died by suicide today. And this, these were really good friends of ours. Um, she was at our wedding, which included a total of four people. Um, so, you know, a really, really good, really close friend of ours. Um, the husband and Gregory were close and we all would go to brunch together and hang out. And they, uh, had a baby about eight months ago. Um, and things sort of, uh, I don't fully understand what happened. And I don't think that you ever really understand what happens in these situations, but I think that's pretty universal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he took his own life, um, in a really awful way. Uh, and so I, I spent kind of last week processing that and we went to the, so he, what he, he was in the hospital when she called me and she called me in order to let me know that we should come say goodbye if we wanted to. So we, I had to go to the dentist, <laughs> which was like, like right after that, I had to go to the dentist, like a new, I, I found a new dentist. They were great. Oh, no. It was wonderful. And I had to sit there and just be like, yeah, yeah, everything's cool. Like, I mean, while trying to process this information I had just heard. I, is the terrible news taking your mind off of being at the dentist or is being at the dentist taking your mind off of the terrible news? I don't know. Or neither. You can experience neither. them both simultaneously. It, it was a terrible day. Oof. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, and so we, of course, I, I took the rest of the day off and Gregory took the rest of the day off and we immediately beelined it to the hospital to be with our friend. And um, he's in the ICU, um, and, but they had made the decision pretty quickly that, you know, he, he wasn't going to recover from this. So they were, um, you know, just kind of preparing the family. So we were at the, we were in the ICU waiting room and, um, with her and her family and the in-laws, you know, his family, uh, for, for most of that afternoon. And he, they, they, he, one good thing that came out of this is that he was an organ donor. So, they were preparing him for that and they did the organ harvesting on uh, last Thursday. So he was in the ICU for four days and then they did the organ harvesting and we went to the funeral this past Monday. Um, and you know, it was horrible and sad and I'm, I'm like desperately sad about it, but also really mad at him for what he did to her and their baby. They have a baby (laughs) an eight month old, but I'm also glad that the baby won't remember this. Um, so it, I'm very conflicted and, but it's just, you know, it really threw me for a loop. I've never, I've never, um, been as close to somebody who, who died this way. And it's really awful. He was, he was young. Uh, we didn't know that he was struggling and neither did his wife. Uh, so it's just, it was just a lot to process. You know, there's a lot of, of, of things to kind of reframe in my mind of like, that's not how I thought about him. And I didn't know he was having these issues and I didn't know it was this severe. And so it was just, yeah, it was a really heavy couple of weeks. Um, the, the, the funeral was pretty, was pretty rough. Um, but we ended up all kind of, not all of us, but, but, um, our friend and a bunch of her other friends went out to dinner afterwards and it was kind of a nice, uh, kind of happier end to that day 
than just kind of going home and being depressed. So Ugh, yeah, that's what happened and it sucks. I mean, what a good friend you are, if I can say, to go and spend that day with his family in the hospital and the kind of emotional, I don't know, sounding board, absorption board, you had to be to be there for those people. So that was pretty special of you to do that, I think. I don't know if I could. It was, I don't, I don't know what else I could have done. I mean, yeah, I don't know what else I could have done. And, but the, 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 the hard part is like, I'm concerned with her and her feelings, right? but I have my own mm-hmm. and I don't want to put those on her. So I haven't really talked to her about how it makes me feel. Right. It's that whole um, circle of grief or whatever it's called. Yes. Yes. And so I don't want to put that on her because like she has enough to deal with and it's not up to her to manage my feelings and I don't mm-hmm. even want her to think about them. So, I mean, luckily she, luckily she has a very excellent family who are physically close to her and emotionally close to her. So she has a lot of support. You know, the baby will be fine. They're taking care of the baby and she is staying with her parents um, during the day and then going home at night. Um, and she's just, you know, last we talked, she was looking forward to, to some normalcy. So Good. I hope that we can, we can, I, I just, I don't know, you know, I don't know what people need in this situation. I, I assume it's a lot of support for a long time. <laughs> so that's my goal is just to be there for whatever she needs. I mean, maybe the link to Nora McInerney's podcast. Yes. Yeah. I thought about that actually. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's just so incredibly hard because it's just it's a basically cliche at this point, right? But you never know that somebody's hurting that much until this is how you find out. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Well, and his terrible. his wife didn't even know, so yeah. you know, I yeah. I, I kind of let myself off the hook for not realizing it because she didn't know either. Yeah, you know, she knew that something was wrong, but she didn't know that it was like that it was this bad. Yeah. So it's just it's really it's just really scary and it, and you know, the, 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 he could have been violent towards her, the baby. And that just kind of gives me nightmares to think about. Um, and I'm so grateful that that didn't happen, but I, I just wish none of it had happened. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, speak up if you, <laughs> I'll throw this out. I mean, we, we don't know everybody who listens to this podcast, although we know almost everybody who listens to this podcast, I think. Um, remember that, uh, that uh, you are loved and and deserve to live and yeah. if you need someone to talk to talk to someone and uh, since we just had this conversation here i'll throw out the suicide and crisis lifeline which is 988 i'm pretty much any cell phone now call text oh yeah that's good yep. yeah so that's and if out you want to talk to a stranger and you don't know us then talk to us you know yeah. yep. send us yep. an email we're more than happy to talk to you i i it puts it in such stark relief how horrible this is for the people left behind. And I don't want anybody to do that to their family and friends Yeah, because people love you and want, we love you and we want you to live. So please do. <laughs> yeah. Try Only not to say you it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Quote Corky St. Clair. <laughs> uh, and I'll also just do a quick ad to say, uh, be an organ donor. 
Yep, that, yep. At least there's that. Um, yep. And uh, I'm glad that that's prominently on my license now. Me um, too. That t- two steps to that. One, become an organ donor. Two, make sure that people around you know you are an organ donor. Yes. All right. And make yeah, sure maybe they know like get a little wishes. Maybe get a, like a, a little pin that you can wear all the time that says, I'm an organ donor. Tattoo it on your forehead. I'm there better you than you. <laughs> all right. Now that we're easing back up into our usual level of snark. <laughs> Um, and Meredith, thank you for sharing that because I yeah. know it was hard and yep. and I know you were wrestling with that and, and will continue to and know that we are also here for you as someone who's been touched by that. So thanks, guys. Yeah, lay it on us. We're Indeed. Uh, I have something extremely trivial to balance that out. Uh, oh, which is, no, as I not wrote, trivial at all. <laughs> this is incredibly. I, wrote, I think we need important. trivial. It's fine. <laughs> as I wrote the run sheet, the enduring power of, star- of stormtrooper balloons. Um, so uh, we had a Music of Star Wars concert now, uh, what was May 6th. We wanted to do May 4th, but that was a Thursday night. So so <sighs> it's now been uh, like almost two weeks as we're recording this. And um, as we were getting ready for the concert, you know, it's not just about the music. When you do something like that, you got to we hired a few people to wear costumes, like good costumes for photo ops. And they were walking around in the hall and um we got some toys and things. I bought, I found on Amazon 10 packs of lightsaber chopsticks. Get out. Get These little chopsticks out. that light up. Oh. And I, I bought them and then I, instead of using them like chopsticks, which is weird, I handed them out to kids as lightsaber batons. <laughs> oh, you, you gave pokey objects to children. Way yes. to go, cool. Uncle Bobby. <laughs> I'm really upset at you that this Party City Link that you have shared is not the chopsticks. Oh, uh, they're on Amazon and uh, I will uh, I'll happily send a link along for that too. Um, in fact, I've got an extra set of them right here because people liked them so much that night that I needed to order more to get out to people. But they're actually, they're quite cool. Um, and uh, I also went to party city uh, the morning of that concert. And I just figured that I would buy whatever they had in extra star Wars shit just to sort of make it a little more festive and what do i find when i get there but these 70 inch tall stormtrooper balloons oh i'm putting two and two together from some pictures okay yep (laughs) for 26 dollars that's a steal yeah it is no kidding right so that kid is cannot believe it too yeah we should probably use that as the show picture this week his shirt is buttoned really poorly (laughs) oh yeah it is well i hadn't noticed that um so now that's all i can think about now um this 70 inch you know stormtrooper balloon i walk in and there's two of them inflated already with price tags stuck to them in the window and they're looking a little ragged probably because they were put up for may the 4th and then you know they were the leftovers so I'm walking around the store. I find two more still on the shelf, uninflated. And I come up to the counter and I am their worst nightmare because everybody's picking up their party orders. And these things have to be inflated in like eight different places <laughs> to fill up the limbs and everything. And so I, I'm i like, I'll take these two. And the girl behind the counter looks at me and goes, well, we have two that are already inflated. And I looked at her and said, yeah. I'm actually going to take all four, <laughs> but the other two need to be fluffed. So they brought the, uh, the two back, <laughs> you know, 
uh, at half uh, uh, at ease, I suppose is what they were. Uh, and I, I had them and they told me come back in half an hour. So I came back in half an hour and they still hadn't done it yet because they were busy. But one of the staffers pulled aside and got off the line to do my balloons. It was, you know, $100 worth of balloons that I just bought. So she fills them all up. And I take them up to the front door and then I bring my car around and I quickly realize that, uh, you know, I love my car and it's pretty big, but it's not quite big enough to get all four of these in the back. So I flip down the seats. I get three of them stacked in the back seat and the back of the trunk area and I cannot get the fourth one in trying not to pop them. You know, they're mylar. (laughs) Uh, And so I finally realized the only space left is the passenger seat. And so I end up wedging one of these into the passenger seat, and it rode next to me. <laughs> Did to you drive put the seatbelt the on? No, because I couldn't get it around. Like it, it doesn't really bend at the waist like you'd want it to. Mm. You could have been in the carpool lane. That's everybody's joke. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. Question: We're all in this together. What are they? Are these inflated with helium or? They're inflated with helium, but they have weights in the toes. Okay. So they they do stand. They don't float away. We put one of them out front and then uh, another one somewhere. Oh, at the will call table and then a couple more. We have like a step and repeat with our logo on it. And I put a couple there. And they were by far the most popular thing at the concert. People liked the costume characters. They liked toys. A lot of people bring their own lightsabers and shit to these concerts. Like they go all out. People come in costume. I have never seen more people stop to pay attention to a balloon. <laughs> and the one that was out front, people kept stopping and taking pictures of it. And I would go over to them and be like, just go inside. There are more. <laughs> people asking if they can have them at the end of the night. Despite like, no, all that. No, this cost $26. Yeah, exactly. Somehow, one of the, a couple of them end up in the office for the next few days after the concert. They're just floating around. They're starting to lose their steam, so they will bend now. I come back to my desk at one point. One of them sitting in my chair. they're just there's and now it's two weeks later they are still sitting in the front window of our storefront just chilling like they haven't shriveled up into nothing yet they're starting to okay just starting to that's going to be kind of upsetting i think when it finally happens (laughs) such is the might of the empire yeah slowly melting stormtroopers so my point is this if you've got 26 bucks to spare order yourself a a stormtrooper yeah, no they, kidding. They, the investment you get, the return on investment for joy is so high. <laughs> Weeks of entertainment. <laughs> the the joy ROI. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's a license plate I could get. That would fit. Joy-o-roy. joy Roy. Anyway, get yourself it's a stormtrooper. Kind of what our show is about this week. True. Yeah. I have one pleasures. more stormtrooper related, no, Star Wars concert related question. So these sure. people that um, get all into it and bring their lightsabers to the concert and stuff, then do you like have an announcement that says, please turn your lightsabers off during the concert? Or do you let them wave them about? So it's a Pops concert. So we kind of let it go. Okay. Uh, it's not distracting I, for the musicians? Well, we're all having a good time. Uh, when they When you hit the Imperial March. Ah, Everyone with a red lightsaber loses their shit. Yeah, I bet. All the red lights come up. We throw red lights on the stage. There there was a one of the brass players brought a red lightsaber and was waving it around in the back during the Imperial March. <laughs> so this Fucking is like nerds. this is a Alamo Draft House when they do a sing along. You're not allowed to talk at during movies. 
uh, at the the draft house. But when they do a sing along or a talk along where you yell lines from the movie, you're allowed to be as loud and annoying as you want. So yeah. it's like it's like a release. Yeah, and and you know we're also trying to break down the barriers about participation, right? So. Right. It sounds I was in like jeans a and a Star Wars fun. t-shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we're we're embracing it. Um, here, I'm I'm looking for pictures of these guys hanging out. We're going to um, uh, Final Fantasy uh, at the Detroit Symphony Orchestra uh, next month, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was kind of hard to find tickets. Like, I think it's a really popular thing. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to do a video games live concert set for the fall if we can get it booked because mm-hmm. I'm trying to explain to all the old people in my world that video games are not just for kids anymore. Like, we all grew up with them, and so there are multiple generations embracing this. And there are like legit composers with amazing music in yep. some yep. of these games. I feel really, yeah, I feel jealous because when I was a kid, my parents' idea of easing us into classical music was to take a see to see the Engelbert Humperdinck opera Hansel and Gretel at Orchestra Hall. And that was boring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We listened to Blue Lake Public Radio constantly in my house. So it was just always on in the background. Yeah, that Stormtrooper is looking a little like uh, needs needs a retinol needs some sunscreen he's getting a little wrinkly yeah a little bit (laughs) hey it's a natural part of aging meredith it is it's fine and in the collage i just sent you guys david's holding one of the um one of the lightsaber batons as i called them in the bottom left picture so very nice they come in different colors and everything they're pretty great conducting in a robe oh yeah well you know uh, due to copyright uh, rules, uh, we we can't have costume characters on stage. But just uh, an old white guy in a robe is okay. That's Absolutely. generic enough. Could be yeah. any cult. Yep. <laughs> uh, and speaking of cults, maybe that's a good transition to the mailbag, and or at least our question of the week from oh, last God. week. Oh <laughs> God, that's heavy. All right, let's go to the mailbag. Let's look at our Facebook answers to question of the week last week, which is what is your favorite reality show? Maybe we should take the opportunity to answer this for ourselves since we weren't on the show. I will give you guys three guesses as to what my favorite reality show is, and the first two guesses don't count. Great British um, Bake Milf, Milf Island? Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Meredith, what about you? Uh, I mean... Bake off? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. didn't want to presume, but I knew it was. Bobby? I mean, yeah, I I think it's probably Bake Off. I'm trying to think, uh, unless Antiques Roadshow counts. Kinda. I mean, Roadshow count? we, we watch um, Forged in Fire to Fall Asleep, uh, which is a knife making competition show. Yes. And uh, uh, it's the beginning of it is entertaining because the people are bonkers and the intros are hilarious. And then I don't really care about the <laughs> conclusion. So it's yeah. a very nice sleeping show. Yeah. Competition shows are sort of their own division of reality show too. Mm-hmm. like um, the original Iron Chef, mm-hmm. which was like a cult thing for me in high school. Speaking of cults. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed that show immensely. I would have c- categorized the shows a little bit differently than they did, but, yeah. but that's okay. You know, because you know you have what I would call your social 
shows, which are your Kardashians and your Vanderpumps and where the whole point is to just follow people around in their lives. And then there's like social with a prize, which is Big Brother and Survivor. And then there's, do we say like artisans competing in a craft, which would be your Forge and Fire. That's competition, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your Bake yeah. Off and your Iron Chefs and all those. Chops. Yep. And then Top I think chef. you get to... Um, I don't know, like talent, talent shows like American Idol and America's Got you Talent. Although, dance. do they? Yeah. Oh, I do. America's love Got Kids Singing. Dance. Are you yes. smarter than an eighth grader? <laughs> no, that's grader, game show. That's game show, grader. right? Oh, okay. Yeah, we're straying into game shows. Wait, you know, with the first of all, we should just do a game show episode. Second of all, with the writer strike, maybe we should. Maybe it's time to do a bracket. I'm hearing us with all these categories. Ooh. I'm wondering if there's a another bracket in our future. Ooh, we do like brackets. I think we could make that work. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, but anyway, back to Facebook answers for what the listeners thought of for their favorite reality show. Laura says, I'm old school. I love The Amazing Race. Runner up, Top Chef. I hear it's good again. I am with you on The Amazing Race. That would probably be... My three would be Bake Off, Amazing Race, and So You Think You Can Dance. But I used to be like, it's Sunday night, time for the Amazing Race. And I think that's probably why I went to Portugal, because I watched them go to Portugal on that. And I was like, dang, that it looks like a cool country. I assumed so. you did it so that we could title an episode Portugal the Anne, <laughs> yeah. which I believe well, we did. Yes, that was the <laughs> second reason that I did it. That Bobby. was genius, I think. <laughs> Uh, Denny, the smartass, says the This Show Has Everything Facebook page. Second mm. place, the Stens page. Mm. Yeah. The reality shows for Denny. Yep. Uh, Jack is, um, as usual, very thoughtful and has a historical approach to his favorites. Uh, TV and American Family. At 15, I was learning about life when I tuned into an American Family on PBS. This family, the Louds, were not the Bradys or the Waltons. On camera, Lance, the son, came out, and Pat asked her husband for a divorce. This type of real TV wouldn't be incorporated into scripted television for years. I'm sorry to say there are some reunion shows about the Loud family, but the original series is unavailable for viewing. That, they talked about that on the show a little bit, I think. It's like the Ur reality show where it all started. Yeah. Uh, as well, for. Like- Seven Up and all that stuff, right? So, yeah, well, speaking of yeah. which, Jax's film, the Seven Up series, or the Up series, like an like an American Family, the Up series followed real people as they went through their day to day lives. This series started fifty eight years ago, wow. dips into the lives of fourteen children every seven years. These children and I have grown up together as we are all now in our mid sixties. Yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing that's so cool. project. Yeah, that's Michael Apted, I think. I've never correctly. heard of it, so yeah. I've got to look this yeah. up. Uh, Rosemary says, RuPaul's Drag Race and Ink Masters, which I assume is a tattoo? Yeah, it is. One? It's actually about quill writing. <laughs> <laughs> what the problem is with Ink Masters is what if you, like, do a dud? Yeah, sure, you get kicked off the show, but the person that you dudded on now has a now dud. ruined someone's <laughs> body. Yeah. It's kind of Don't high stakes. <laughs> 
uh, Anne says, since one is hard to watch and the other is newly behind a paywall, they barely count for 0.5 each. The Great British Sewing Bee, normal-ish garment sewing, and American what? Ninja Warrior. I contain multitudes. <laughs> I've never heard of the Great British Sewing Bee. I assume... Wait, which one is behind the paywall? Because Ninja Warrior I've seen on NBC... But I will say that there are ways around that that we're kind of <laughs> discovering. I won't get into details, but mm. if you really want to find a show you can't watch, let me know. Just another reason to call us. It's fine. <laughs> I will agree, Anne, for one Anne to another, that American Ninja Warrior is surprisingly watchable when you have a Saturday afternoon when you just feel like lying on the couch. It's kind of fun to watch. So... I'm there with you. Every time I see it, I just want to get out the giant Q-tip and fight someone. No, yeah. that's American Gladiators. American Ninja Warrior is different. I know. I know. But I still want the giant Q-tip. Well, the, you have to have names like Blaze and Stone. Wasn't there one named Stone? I don't know. Laser and Blazer. Laser. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bet says, I can't remember the name of the show, but it was the haircutting Bravo show. I loved that show. Made it a must watch when it came out every week. There was some discussion of this in the comments, uh, but I don't believe that anybody ever came up with the actual name of the show. So it remains the haircutting Bravo show. Honestly, right. that could be any Bravo show to me and I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. That's another one Sorry. that's not quite, Sorry. not quite as permanent as the tattoo dud, but a hair dud is fairly bad too. Uh, Amanda says, my guilty pleasure was Crisley Knows Best. Too bad they went to prison. <laughs> Amanda, I've enjoyed many reality shows over the years. I agree you guys need a part two or even part three. Wasn't oh Crisley Knows Best, wasn't that a teen mom spinoff? She was a teen mom and then she was entertaining. So they. I've never even heard of this. I, I gotta Google it. I think that's what it is. I don't know. That does not appeal to me. I don't really love watching people be dumbasses, but I know no, that there's... No, Georgia Real Estate Tycoon. Oh, well, my dumbasses comment still applies. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jennifer says, my favorite reality shows are both part reality show and part documentary. Documentary? And documentary. <laughs> carrier, about life on an aircraft carrier, and Circus, which followed the Big Apple Circus performers and crew. They both were, are, on PBS. I watched Carrier. I remember that. And there was some discussion of it in my office because we had three bosses who were retired naval captains. This Our department had a real hard-on for retired Navy captains for a while. And they did not appreciate Carrier because they felt that it portrayed the Navy in a negative light because it showed a lot of crew members getting into escapades both on the ship and on shore leave, and they did not care for it. But I thought it was a good show. Uh, not everybody joins the Navy because they're motivated to serve their country and their heroics. Some people just want a job and don't feel like they have any other options let's let's put it that way i always thought at 18 it was jail or the military <laughs> and for some people on that show it was i believe yeah. there was one person who 
join the military to avoid going to jail. Um, but you know what? It could be good, I guess. The military has made many a man and also given not meant to, PTSD. Yeah. It's not meant to besmirch the military unilaterally. I actually, I toured a local Air National Guard base this week, and it was fucking awesome. So I'll hmm. throw that out there. Apparently, our local guard base has the only C-130s in the world that have skis on them so they can land on snow in the Antarctic. No, that's awesome. James Bond. Wow. It was it was real, and it was very cool, and I immediately sent pictures to Will to ask him if he could fly it. And his response to me was, the question's ever flying, the question's landing. Ah, yes. Yeah. Indeed. So, there you go. Yeah, I have anyway. a cousin who joined the Air Force and now, I think, works with the Air National Guard. And it's been a really good thing for him. He got out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota and lived in Korea and lived in Germany and broadened his horizons. And he's a great person. So, the military is good for some people, not great for and others. He's- any story that starts with getting out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, means it's going up. No kidding. Um, I have been to the falls in Sioux Falls, and they're great for an hour. Um, let's see. Back to comments. Abby says, I love all kinds of reality TV from the flashiest to the trashiest. That's a slogan, Abby, from the flashiest <laughs> yeah, to the is. trashiest. My favorite creative competition show is The Great Pottery Throwdown because of the supportive, positive vibe. I got to put my passion for reality TV to the test when I was a judge on the Dutch show, The New Vermeer. Artists battled against each other to recreate missing paintings by the 17th century artist. Reality TV can be highbrow here in the Netherlands. Abby, I need to hear more about this. I didn't know we had a celebrity listener. Me neither. Or somebody in the Netherlands. Yeah, no kidding. That's That's true. That's vacation. Yeah, you need to... um, get hooked up with Abby and get some mm-hmm. Netherlandian tips from her. Um, that is very cool. I gotta say. Um, I don't know if I would recognize a Vermeer. Was girl with a pearl earring? Was that? That's a Vermeer, right? Mm. I don't know. I don't know anything about art. Um, yeah, Andrea My says, family is from Beethoven, but uh, I don't know anything else about <laughs> the Netherlands. I just This is all unexpected to me because Abby doesn't have any weird extra letters in her name or double vowels. Or a mm. Van or a Vaughn or yeah. a Vander. Yep. I guess she was a sleeper agent. A Dutch sleeper agent. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrea says, Old Enough, a Japanese reality show about kids going out on their first errands. You recommended that, Mary. I, I remember I that. that show. It That's is adorable. A, it is I forgot so about cute. that, but it, it is a toss-up between that and Bake Off. I love Old Enough so, 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 so much. But it doesn't it doesn't grab me like Bake Off does because there's not that, like, build to a finale. Right. Right. I mean, the stakes are, is the kid going to get hit by a car or get lost? Well... The hit by a car part is scary, but it's more like, are they going to drop oranges down a hill a thousand times and cry? <laughs> the other good thing that to my day. <laughs> the, other, <laughs> the other good thing that came about from that show was the SNL parody of sending your boyfriend out by himself yes. to do errands. God, that was good. <laughs> that was one of the funnier SNL sketches I've seen in a long yes. time. Uh, Carolyn says, the first two seasons of The Mole, sarcastic Anderson Cooper, wonderful locations, good challenges, and satisfying conclusions. Two honorable mentions, the first two seasons of the semi-paradic Joe Schmo show, 
boy, Joe Schmo show, which is part reality show and part improv. For a current show, I like The Circle on Netflix. Is that a love one? I think that's a love one. That Joe Schmo show is a lot like the jury duty show that's going around right now, where everybody's an actor except one guy. And they're fucking with him through the whole show. I like that. Oh, I don't, I don't well, like I don't like pranks. If, if no. I don't either, but if I remember correctly on Joe Schmo, it started where they were pranking him, but then he kind of becomes a hero and it comes back around where everybody's rooting for him because he's just too damn charming. Mm. I never watched it, but I remember hearing about it. I might have to go back and do some homework on that one. I just get really upset when there's somebody who's not in on the joke i just think that's really cruel yeah and unfair to do to someone um anyway uh, megan says project runway i got my husband who couldn't be less interested in fashion hooked to even hate watching some seasons eye rolling at the lame (laughs) sponsored challenges i can't seem to quit you project runway like post tim gunn post heidi klum project runway i didn't know anybody still watched that uh, Leslie says, this is so on brand for Leslie, Texas Ranch House. It was another one on PBS. They had a whole bunch, Manor House, 1920s House, etc., of shows where they took families and immersed them in a certain era. Texas Ranch House took a family and put them on a ranch for a few months where they had to uh, dress slash act slash work slash school like it was a Texas ranch in the late 1800s or so. Some people also participated as ranch hands and household help. It was pretty funny because none of the people had farm or ranch experience except for the household girl who was a horse person. The ranch hands got super pissed at her because she could ride and they sucked at riding. It was <laughs> so good. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> See... I think that I could live in like Manor House or 1920s House, but Texas Ranch House, you've got a requirement to be no. able to like rope cattle. I don't think so. There's rattlesnakes. It's too mm-hmm. hot. No, thank you. That is every horse girl's dream, though, right? For her skills to actually be useful at some point. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it, horse girls just wanted to like ride horses into a a heart-shaped cloud in the sunset but all right that's true no shade by the way i no. like i good congratulations on finding joy through something I, yep i'm still yeah i'm scared of horses they are so big <laughs> you get up close to them they could body me and i am not here for it anyway leslie yeah. goes on to say an old one i liked was filthy rich cattle drive spoiled rich kids of famous people on a cattle drive Courtney Kardashian was on it before Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and it was hilarious and sad at the same time. And one more about circus people, also on PBS, called Circus, I think. It was great. Luke talked about it once on TBTL. And there are some horse ones from the UK I like. Leslie. I'm sensing a theme. Yes, showing her interests in life, for sure. Uh, Kenneth says The Traitors was good. The Mole and Anderson Cooper hosted was also great. I have a vague idea of The Traitors, but I did not watch that one. And Libby says, Sigh. Too many to mention, but Love Island UK is an entertaining mess. I can't do US. I need the accent. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, that's out of my range, Libby. I don't like... Watching people acting like dumbasses. I just want 
everyone to work together to accomplish a task and all this social like backbiting and manipulating and all of that just like makes me want to um bury my head in the couch cushions so i will let you have that it's so polite that you say acting like a dumbass as <laughs> if they don't just get dumbasses true like, true i don't know that it's acting who aren't there for the right reason bobby okay, sure. yeah, right. i confess i have watched enough episodes of the bachelor and the bachelorette to know what it's all about because it's very good television when you're on the elliptical at the gym it's just mm. cotton candy tv that takes your mind off the pain uh sure. but the problem is i always want people on there who are really there to find true love and i Aww. know that that's not what it's actually about but i can't help it i'm a romantic i i, I i'm trying to envision love island uk and i'm just i'm picturing do you want to come back to my cabana, Govna? <laughs> like, like it's Love Island Cockney. Yeah, edition. they're on. They're on like a sad gray island. <laughs> they're not. They're just like, on like a grass. like Jersey Island or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't they? Isn't the, there a British one called Fuckboy Island too? It's like you're putting your cards out there, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was fun. Thank you very much. Um, we appreciated that. We always welcome late entries to the uh, question of the week answers as well. So keep them coming. And with that, let's roll into medium talk. Uh, the little things that make us happy in life. I have been thinking about this for a very long time. Back to when I was in college and I first listened to the great <laughs> Dennis Leary comedy album, no cure for cancer in which he talked about the fact that real happiness doesn't exist that like long sustained joy is not a real thing and the best you can hope for are little moments of happiness and he specifically said like a cigarette or a chocolate chip cookie or a yep. five or a five second orgasm those mm -hmm. were his three examples of that's what true happiness in this life is and uh, yes, I have been thinking about that for the last 25 years. And me so let's, too. let's that really talk about it. Me. <laughs> yeah. He's right, I think. Yeah, he very much is. Because I don't feel the kind of sustained uh, joy that, that one sees in a, say, like a stupid Christmas romance or anything like that. Or anything that we were led to believe. I'm like, I'm waiting for this to manifest this complete satisfaction and happiness and i don't know that most people get that in this life no. if you're one of those people then i am very jealous and i'm very happy for you also as happy as i can be um but keeping the internal eternal condition of man and woman in mind let's talk about a few of those small things that make it worth waking up in the morning and i came up with a few but i think that probably when we talk some other things are gonna spark because like i always um listen to what you guys say and then that sparks more thoughts in me so i will right. start with the one that immediately came to mind for me and that is the feeling of shower spray on cold skin like when i've gone to the gym and I've done with the workout and I've driven home and it's probably winter. And so 
the sweat has evaporated and my body gets cold in the winter and I go in and I turn on the hot water and I get in and the spray hits and it's so hot and then the water runs down my legs and by the time it gets down the legs it's like cold water because it's just all the heat has leached into my body and it is one of the most satisfying feelings in the world yeah I get that I mean in the in the winter, a warm shower is someplace I just never, ever, ever want to leave. And <laughs> I don't know how, but we've been blessed with an excellent water heater in this house. That's like the only thing that's like excels. Um, and we never run out of hot water. Ooh, <laughs> so, that's nice. Yeah. Um, I don't have to worry. Like we can take showers while the dishwasher is running or while the washing machine is on and it's fine. Um, and it's just such a wonderful feeling. You're right. And I love a real hot shower like a scalding hot shower and i'm trying to train myself out of it because that is not good for your skin and i especially notice in the winter like on the back of my neck right where the spray the main force of the spray hits it's just i get a little lizardy back there with that hot spray so i'm trying to like be reasonable about temperatures it's hard though because it feels so good sure does you're speaking my language here because even before coming in to fill in the spreadsheet, uh, that was the first thing in my notes thinking about this topic. Mm-hmm. Well, don't you take a, like five showers a day? A hot shower. Well, He's I do not Andrew. I, <laughs> I, I take two usually. Um, That's a lot. I take a, and, and there's two kinds of showers. There's the enjoy it shower and there's the shit, I got to go. I got to fix my hair. Right. I got to take a shower. Shower. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. The, the business and so, shower and the pleasure shower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are you coming here today? Why Why are you entering this bathroom? Um, <laughs> good water pressure and good hot water. So the house in Buffalo has a tankless hot water. And nice. It might have been one of the reasons that we bought the house. I mean, it's a dumb reason to buy a house. But um, just in the, in the apartment here, too, actually, it's basically tankless it's a little complicated but it's basically tankless it's hard to run out of hot water here um every apartment or house i've ever looked at i have checked the water pressure Mm. oftentimes to a landlord wondering what the fuck i'm doing but like if it's dribbling i can't live there i can't do it i always turn on the i turn on the faucets i turn them all on at the same time and see what happens yeah so like i want to be i want to be um like those videos on youtube people watch where they're just pressure washing a sidewalk <laughs> that's what i want that's what i envision i'm just blasting Blast your skin off yeah yeah the skin and the dread and the depression yeah mm-hmm. and yeah my hair is so dry <laughs> because of it and i just i don't care that is my joy um and sometimes i'll just steam up the damn bathroom first too that's like the closest i'm coming to a sauna that's a, it's a it's a rental what do i care here absolutely yeah, you don't need to worry about mold yeah. I, I am having not an issue with water pressure, but a, a bit of a roller coaster with water pressure because, well, I I bought a new shower head. I've talked about many times. New Brighton has water so hard that it could cut glass. Uh, so, like, shower heads and stuff get a whole lot of hot water, um, hot water, hard water deposits on them. Even though I have a water softener in the house, it still somehow manages to accumulate. So I got a new uh, shower head and I got one at Bed Bath & Beyond, RIP. 
soon soon mm-hmm. to be RIP. I don't know. Are they closed yet? Um, that's one of that's those a license that... plate I could get. RIP BBB. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're always. Always on the lookout for a new fancy vanity license plate you could get, Bobby. But I got one of those that it seems exotic to me. It's probably not where it has eight different positions that you can rotate it through that give different spray options. And I like, let's call it like a needle, hard hard pressure needle spray. But one day I got in and it was like needle needles like it hurt and the water pressure all of a sudden had gone up significantly and i was like what the hell is this and so i had to adjust it off and find something a little bit more um reasonable and then that went fine for a few months and then i got in and it felt like the water pressure was low and i turned it back up to the needle setting and it was fine so i think the new brighton well is having some on and off issues I don't know how that works, but it's always a little bit of a crapshoot when I get in the shower these days. We had a a, a period of time where they were working on the, the the sewer department has been doing a lot of work in my neighborhood, replacing lead service lines and 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 the like. But it meant that, and they, I'm glad that they're doing that. But they were not very good at communicating. Ew. So there was a period of time where like. I would turn the water on and there was nothing like it would fizzle and then it would sputter and nothing and then nothing would come out. And I'm like, what's going on? So and it always caused a panic because I didn't know if it was me or Mm -hmm. if it was the neighborhood. And I knew they were working around us. But sometimes there's like a water main break and then we lose water pressure. And then other times it's totally fine. So it was always kind of a panic of like, is there a terrible leak somewhere? Right. Or did they accidentally (laughs) valve you off and they're not going to realize it? Yeah. So the changes in water pressure are always kind of disconcerting to me. um, But a change in the positive has never happened. So that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Um, okay, have we talked about showers long enough? I guess so. I mean, okay. there's never long enough when it comes to a good shower, but... No, that's true. <clears throat> I I do one last thing. I When I was a teenager, um, I would, I think, fall asleep in the shower. Like, I would get up at whatever ungodly early time, like 5.45 a.m., and get in the shower and then just stand there. For so long that my mom would like bang on the door and be like, "Yeah, get out of the shower," because I think you, I actually, Elliot lying down in the shower. And I just don't. I, well, not to say that I haven't done that, but uh, I I think I, honest to God, went back to sleep standing in the shower because wow. I was so comfortable. <laughs> um, okay, so Meredith, why don't we go over to you? I noticed a theme in my answers after I put them all in there, Uh, but this is the big one, which is coming home to a clean house. So I have a housekeeper who comes every other week, and it's on a Wednesday usually, and I take that opportunity to go work somewhere else. So I take my laptop and I go to a coffee shop or something. It's kind of a nice change of pace. I, you know, I love working from home, but every once in a while it's nice to kind of change the scenery. And so they're usually there for, you know, three-ish hours so I can spend the morning somewhere and then come back. And it's like my favorite, favorite moment of the every other week. That's a thing. Um, 
when I open the door and it smells like, um, you know, cleaning solution and floor polish and everything is beautiful and clean and tidy and I love it. Um, that's my absolute favorite thing. And the best part of it, I mean, I love that anyway, but the best part is that I didn't have to do the work. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I do, I do love that very much. They also pretty much just, I think they keep coming to my house because they like the cats and they always bring cat treats. And Ooh. then they, for some reason, leave them, they leave the bag of treats in my fridge. Um, probably because that's the only place they can think of where the cats can't actually get to them um, to steal them. But they, they, yeah, they always come. They they text me like that morning, or we're coming to, to clean and pet cats at 10. I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. So for some, I don't, I don't know what it is, but like having a clean house is important to me. Like psychologically, it makes me feel calm and mm-hmm. like I can concentrate on other things. Mm-hmm. I have a very hard time um, concentrating and feeling calm when, when things are either dirty or messy. And, and that's not to say that I'm like the organization queen. I'm not great at it, but it does like significantly improve my mental state. So having, I, I do, I always do like a kind of a frantic cleanup pickup situation before they come because I want them to clean everything and they sometimes don't like pick things up to clean them clean underneath them or whatever and they don't they but they organize stuff and they I don't always like how they organize stuff so I want to do it myself so it also means that I'm forced to tidy before they come which is kind of a good you know sure regular... it's like having company come over consistently yeah, yeah yeah kind of um so I'm like oh I better put this thing away that's been sitting there and I kind of forgot that it was there or whatever so, it, you know, it's a nice, like, tidy reminder. And then I love that the house is clean. They mop the floors, you know, which is a chore that I really hate doing. Um, and vacuum the couch and all that stuff. So they also make the bed. And they're, so, they're like, a billion times better at making beds than I ever will be. So I'm always, like, it's always really nice to get, get into that nice, clean bed, too, that day. So You know, Meredith, it's almost like... We have the same personality type. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm shocked. (laughs) The way I was shaking my head when you were talking about having difficulty functioning in clutter and mess, I was like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I can't even have too many tabs open on my browser. Oh, me neither. Otherwise, me neither. I can't, I like, it, it freezes me. Those people that have like 400 tabs open, I like, I would never find anything. I just sit there paralyzed all the time. No, thank you. I can't handle that. Nope. But I also love a clean house. It's just that I don't have housekeepers, so I end up cleaning it myself. And that does take a little of the discovery away, you know, like... I don't leave like you and then come back and be like, oh, what magical Amazing. event has happened? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was the one who did it. <laughs> I mean, it is, yeah, it's so nice to come home to a surprise. Um, but also, I, I will say, if it's if it's just you, it's always like, it's a little bit easier to keep things clean when there's just one person, I will say. Yeah, that's true. And and if you're a person who tends to be sort of tidy anyway, like I do, like that's mm-hmm. not, it's not a, I'm not bragging. It's not a, like a value judgment on anybody who's messing, messy. My brother Carl is, has always been like a tornado of paper 
which makes sense because he's an artist, but like mm-hmm. it doesn't make him a worse person because he's messy. A lot of people who do have messy houses are like super self-conscious about it. I'm like, don't be. I'm not judging you. You're judging yourself. And that's all. Oh, I don't care about anyone else's space. This is fully about my own space. I zero amount of judgment to anybody else. Anybody who's uh, sitting there and thinking that I'm like giving them the stink eye because their car is dirty. Like, I don't give a shit. Nope. Absolutely not. You do whatever works for you. I have to say, three hours and having two people come, that's a lot of work that they must be doing. Like, I don't vacuum my couch and all that stuff. I think, like, maybe there's an hour of just, like, playing fetch with oh. little man. <laughs> that's my guess. <laughs> so we, we've got some cat petting time built into I that. think so, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to pay for that. It's fine. Bobby, what's your level of clutter at home? You know, it's tough. Um, I'm sitting at my desk in the bedroom that is my office and also where Sam's massage chair lives and also the treadmill that doesn't get used. And yeah. The cat's. Uh, at my foot right now, Simmy, but my desk is a cluttered disaster. Uh, and the shelves behind me are a mess. And I kind of just want to come in with a garbage bag and throw out like three quarters of all of it because I know I'll never use it again. But I struggle with work stuff or office stuff because it's like, but that might be useful someday. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were at the house, it was easier because I had an entire room I could dedicate to this random shit. Um, but because we've been so nomadic the last few years, it's like, well, there's really no storage. So um, it's a little more cluttered than I'd like it to be. I always walk into the homes, like especially my donors or fancy rich people. Uh, I walk in and they don't appear to have any stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that's kind of weird that like everybody's home looks like a decorator magazine picture. And I'm like, but like, where's your stuff? Like, I have a rule, basically. I get the Sunday papers delivered because I'm an old man, right? So I get the New York Times and the local Times Union, the local uh, paper here. I have to get them out and into the recycling by Tuesday night. Because if they sit here any longer than that, I'm afraid I'm going to become like a hoarder, (laughs) newspaper stacker. And sometimes they do linger until Wednesday or Thursday. And I'm just like, I'm not going to read it on Thursday. But I have like, you know, I have like a file tray next to me full of papers there's a necktie sitting on top of it for some reason right now. Um, there is a shirt hanging on the treadmill, which I mainly do to annoy Sam. Um, <laughs> like, it's not great. But also, my world's been a little chaotic right now, as you guys know. I'm under yeah. uh, an impressive amount of stress right now. Um, I would like it to be less cluttered than it is. I'm not as anti-clutter as some people. Um, I also like to use cleaning as a procrastination tool, so like... I've got some prep work for an event this weekend I'm hoping to do tonight. So instead, I'll probably clean my desk. True. That, true. Was, a, that was a serious study tactic that I used to use. I was just going to say that the night before you have a paper due. Oh, oh my boy. God. Your dorm room needs Never to be cleaned <laughs> now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tonight might be the night I fill that garbage bag. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's mine. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, do we want a snake draft? Bobby, take us to the next... Oh, Point? sure, sure. So we're gonna we're rolling onto an organized fridge and pantry rolling right into clean house. That makes sense. Um, this actually ties right into the housekeeper thing. We don't have a housekeeper, but um, the first night sleeping in clean, fresh sheets. Oh, yes. And we've talked about this, I think, fairly recently because we changed the sheets here 
once to twice a week, sort of depending on ambition. I prefer twice a week. Um, and there's just something about they're they're out of the dryer wrinkly, but they're not lived in wrinkly. And they're a little cool to the touch and just the right amount of smooth. And we are thread count snobs a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like Sam's always on an eye on the Macy's discount bin for really nice cotton sheets. Um, and there's just, there's nothing that beats those fresh sheets for the first, first night. Definitely. I definitely sleep better. I think it can measure the improvement. Second night, fine. Third night, eh. It's that after that third night, I'm ready to change them again. So that's why you change them so frequently. I, I think yeah. I change mine once a week, um, which means I have to do it on the off weeks that the cleaners aren't aren't doing it, which is kind of a bummer because I'm like, they because I can't do as good a job as they do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you're right. The The satisfaction of having nice clean sheets is is unparalleled. I'm, I'm kind of a... I'm a Land's End sateen sheet snob, so I wait for Land's End sales, and then and then I strike. And I always get white sheets, because you can mix and match, and doesn't matter. And you can replace them if you need to, and you can bleach them if you need to. I think it's just a highly mm. practical way to buy sheets. I, yeah. I will say that I make a good bed, if I do say so myself, because mm. my mom, being a nurse, taught me very young how to make hospital corners. I do hospital yep. corners, yeah. And uh, and I have practiced that my whole life. So I feel good. I feel good. I'm sorry. We need to finish the podcast right now because, Bobby, as you were talking, I had the biggest urge to go get into bed. <laughs> <laughs> night. Yep. See you, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, one of the all-time greats. That's why I started making my bed again after, you know, in a deliberate act of adult rebellion, deciding, you know, I don't have to make my bed if I don't want to. No. And then eventually I just enjoy a fresh made bed and clean sheets so much that I started making it every day again. I mentioned that to my mom once that I had stopped for like most of a decade for of making the bed regularly. And she was shocked. I kind of go through phases, but I've been in a bed making phase for several years and I, I, I hope it continues because it, it makes my whole bedroom feel more comfortable. Yep. It's part of my um, transition to work in the morning is that I always go upstairs and brush my teeth and make the bed and that gets me in the right headspace to then that go sit sense. down at my desk and, mm -hmm. and get going. So oh, it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. All right. Yeah. Now we got to hurry up and finish this episode so that I can go lie down. I'm so tired. Um, I will go to my next one. And that is the feeling that I get when I open a new pint of Haagen-Dazs chocolate peanut butter ice cream. Oh, man. It is my go-to flavor these days. Is it the highest calorie, highest fat a variety of Haagen-Dazs? I don't know. I haven't tried them all. Okay. But it's up there. <laughs> but <laughs> the th when you take the lid of the pint off and they have the um, the plastic or whatever it is over the um, ice cream and you peel that off and there's just this layer of smooth chocolate and peanut butter ice cream. Oh, boy. I'm getting really happy now. You need to go eat some ice cream in bed is what you need to do. I, I have mm. never eaten in bed. I'm not a bed eater at all. I'm not either. 
I'm actually not either. I, I don't want to get stuff on the sheets. Mm. You just clean those sheets. It's too <laughs> <Exactly>. much laundry. <laughs> Do it on the night before sheet cleaning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the morning. The morning of sheet cleaning. Just destroy Ooh, them. Breakfast in bed. Yeah. Um, so that, like, I always, you know, you guys know that I have a sweet tooth, but I was like, I like ice cream, but it's, you know, not necessarily my thing. But as I've gotten older, um, I go less for pure sugar and add in the sugar and fat and, uh, and, and it's a good thing. Um, when I buy a couple of pints, not on sale, they are not cheap, No, but, um, it's probably my favorite way to end the day. You and Joe Biden. That's true. That man likes an ice cream cone, and it's one of the yeah, more does. endearing things. It was my Slack icon picture for a long time was him just going to town on a vanilla ice cream <laughs> cone. <laughs> um, all right, oh. let's see. I have really fucked up the order on this, but let's just go back to Meredith. Yeah, I don't know where we're at. Yeah, that works. Um, uh, so uh, continuing on with my theme of cleaning slash organizing is an organized fridge. And then I had to add pantry as well, because I love it when my fridge is stocked, but not too full. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything has a place and everything is in its place. And that is so wonderful to open and, and look at. Um, I love that like everything is visible and everything is good and not expired and not mystery (laughs) so like things that are you know everything's labeled and everything's in a container and i can see it um that is so satisfying to me and i think on our baking shows we've mentioned that i tend to decant things Mm -hmm. and that is a uh, moth deterrent but it's also um, an organization tactic because if you put things in stackable containers, you can kind of fill your space a little bit more efficiently. So I have containers for flour and all, like 17 different kinds of flour and for <laughs> different kinds of sugar and, you know, cornstarch and whatever, you know. So I have I have um, those OXO pop containers for brown sugar. There's one with a terracotta insert that keeps your brown sugar from clumping and actually works as long really? as you hydrated. Yes. Wow. You have to soak the thing in water every like couple weeks, hmm. but it does work if you do that and it keeps it loose, which is like life changing because <laughs> every, you know, sometimes you open up brown sugar after a while and you're like, well, I guess I got to start over because this is a solid rock. Because you could beat an assailant to death with it, frankly. Yeah. Right. There's no harder substance known to man. So, um, that sort of stuff is very is very satisfying to me when I open it up and I'm like, ooh, I can actually spoon this brown sugar. And it's very rewarding. I also have a label maker, so I will label things kind of obsessively. Um, and that's really fun. I like it to kind of all be the same font, the same size, and the same level. So it's, it's like a very careful uh, labeling process. Cool. But why when wouldn't you do, you that, do it that way? I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you do it any other way. I also uh, spend a great deal of time organizing my spices. I recently did a spice kind of reset where I got different jars that are stackable. And mm. I have like bamboo shelves for some of them. And then I stack the others. And they all have labels that are all at the same latitude. Um, and it's beautiful. And I love to look at it. And I just love opening the pantry and seeing all these spices and being able to find exactly what I need right away. So 
for somebody who cooks a lot, it's it's worth the time investment for me. And it, it makes me happy every time I open a cupboard. So I'm so jealous that you have a pantry. Well, I have I so I don't have a technical pantry. I just have an enormous kitchen with tons of cabinets. So I kind of like turned a few cabinets into a pantry and then one into a spice. Like a, a corner one is my spice cabinet. Oh, I'm still jealous. It's great. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I suppose these are things that people without children have an easier time doing. I mean, yeah. I don't think Hillary is going to be decanting all her spices and labeling them anytime soon. She has better priorities than I do. You know, yeah, I can, I can spend all my time on my cats and my spices and, and you know. She has humans help. to raise. Yeah, she's got she's raising the next generation. I'm just I'm just making my brain light up. Mm-hmm. Just because <laughs> just because one of her children's in a show at school tonight. And that's why she couldn't be on this very important podcast. How dare she? She keeps saying that she's not that good of a mom, but come on. She's a great mom. Yeah. All those pictures that Bridget um, posted for her for Mother's Day of mm-hmm. them having an absolute blast together. That looks like she's a pretty good mom, as far as I know. But her spice cupboard is a mess. It's a mess. Therefore, <laughs> just kidding. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, therefore, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Yep. <laughs> Therefore, she has more of a life than I do, and that's no secret. That's okay. Some small, quiet lives are good, too. Yep. That's what I tell myself. Okay, Bobby, give us give us a, a large, loud life pleasure. Ooh, that sounded sexual. Yeah, yeah. you're going to... That's for the Patreon. Um, go Bills. See, that's what of, I was talking about. Yeah. Go but, Bills is well, one of my very simple pleasures, and... For folks who don't know what I mean by that, uh, Bills fans, Buffalo Bills fans, NFL football, Buffalo Bills fans exist everywhere. Buffalo people exist everywhere. And uh, the way to find them is to wear a Buffalo Bills or a Buffalo Sabres hat or shirt or whatever out in the world somewhere. I go anywhere wearing a Bills hat and at least once during the day, someone will yell, go Bills from wherever they are when they see me. And if I see someone at a Bill's hat across a grocery store or an airport or whatever, I will yell go Bill's back at them. But why? And usually they'll yell it back at me. It's just something we do when we recognize each other out into the wild. And it's this little bit of home and this little bit of mutual whatever. I, It's just something that Western New Yorkers do. And I have been in Seattle and run into Bill's fans. I have been in Austin and run into Bills fans. Um, we were in New York City. You know, it's the further you get from Buffalo, the more excited people are oh, when yeah. they find another Bills fan. Oh, this, so, happened, like, this happened with the Red Wings in Texas. You know, like we would see people with Red Wings hats or whatever, yeah. and it's Let's Go Red Wings. And Gregory has a Letterkenny jersey. And let me tell you, you've never heard more uh, profane things yelled at you at the street <laughs> on the street, even as a woman, than if you're a dude wearing a Letterkenny jersey. But it just makes me smile every time mm-hmm. when I just get a Go Bills from wherever. Some you know, be traveling the world somewhere, and somebody will just stop me to yell. And, and you it's don't even definitely have to stop. some like tribalism, right? Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. 
Okay, I don't remember what direction we're going in now. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with my last one. Uh, this is slightly more substantial than the other ones that I did. Slightly more substantial than ice cream. Uh, is when I finally crack a reporting design problem at work. Oh, like, man. I am trying to get this data to come out. And I'm trying. And I was doing one this week where I, it's very extremely boring but like i'm trying to get a year of utility data and i'm trying to get it month by month by month and then i want to sum it at the bottom but then i don't want to see the individual months i just want to see the total and uh when i have the months in there it looks great and when i take the months out the number is so weird and not right and i spent the better part of a day trying to figure it out and when i cracked it it was like the angels came down and sang to me. I was so excited and so happy. And my brain was so energized that I had to get up and go take a shower to try and <laughs> calm myself down. And then unfortunately, when I was in the shower, I realized that I had forgotten one giant change that had to be made and screwed everything up again. But the idea when I've been wrestling with this problem and then all of a sudden, I get the inspiration. I get the light bulb over my head, and I make it work. The satisfaction of that moment is truly one of life's great pleasures. Oh, my God, Anne. I can't tell you how much I identify with this. This happens to me. Well, it should happen to me more often. But when it does, it's just so great. And honestly, for me, this usually happens if I'm wrestling with an issue and I don't know how to organize something or structure something at work or code something, I will kind of like search around and whatever and think about it. And then the next morning, as soon as I wake up, I'm like, I know how to do it. Mm, I can do yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. It's like after I sleep on it, then I figure it out. And to it's like so depths, obvious. Uh, the depths of your brain work on yeah. it for a few hours. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I like the most about my job is like a lot of times it's like a it's like I have a mystery in front of me and I get to be a detective and figure it out and I get to go, like do a deep dive on on data and 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 processes and figure out like what went wrong and where's the right thing and it's so satisfying when you get it right. Yep. And I I have people that want information and I have to figure out how to get it for them in a way that's usable. And it's not like, oh, I can just do some data entry and put a couple of hundred data points in there. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of thousands into the millions probably of data points that need to get wrangled. And so there's no way I can do that by hand. So coming up with a a method of actually making that happen. Oh, man, it's a good thing. Yep. Which you do a lot of in the um, nonprofit sector, right, Bobby? Yeah, sure. <laughs> there are parts of that that are relevant to things I do. Uh, um, the biggest problem I have with reports, and this is not going to be quite as uh, formal as your issues, is that I build a lot of financial reports for people who don't know how to read them. Well, there is that. God help me if any of my board members are listening right now. Thank you for your support. Um, so I find a lot of my time is spent trying to figure out the easiest way to lay something out that it can be digested by someone yes. who doesn't read a PL, for example. Yep. Uh, yeah, I have to worry about that yeah. as a statistician. Mm-hmm. I have to present re- results to people who are not statisticians. So I have to minimize jargon and explain the practical, you know, interpretation. And that can be a challenge. Yeah. 
for me, it's like income good, expense bad. Yes, but <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Money um, good. My list is much longer than yours all are. Uh, yeah. To the part where I had extra rows because, I mean, I'm sure you'll think of more too. But I just this is a good time for me to note. Um, I'm a ridiculous ham of a person who finds simple pleasures in a lot of things, <laughs> to the point where it drives Sam absolutely nuts when I'm just like humming along to the song that the dryer plays when it's done or uh, calling every song my song and humming along to it. Um, Our dishwasher has a really crazy song. Like it's so long. I don't know why a dishwasher needs that much of an announcement. The washer and dryer here have a full four line (laughs) thing that they play when they're done. Mm -hmm. Do I sing along when the microwave is beeping? Who can say? Maybe I do, maybe I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand why it does the chime four times because that seems wrong to me. It seems like it It should be three, but it always throws Mm -hmm. in the fourth one. You know what I hate is when you open the door after the first one and it still plays the other ones. Just, yeah, I got it. I'm aware. (laughs) Yes, my my food is done. Uh, Well, why don't you give us another one then, Bobby? Well, I'm going to I'm going to roll 3 real fast here cuz okay. I have 4 left on my list. There are 3 that are really dumb simple things mm-hmm. and then the last one is a little more okay. um, a little more involved. So, um okay. In Albany, when you pay for street parking with the app, uh there is an alert sound when you have 10 minutes left before your parking expires. I don't know who programmed the app and I don't know how much oversight they had, but the haptic that they chose is a very quick meow sound (laughs) and i i just assume it's one of those dumb things where somebody had to pick a sound and nobody else knew or cared and so they just laughed their asses off saying i'm gonna make it the cat and so i don't usually have my phone unmuted but occasionally i do at my desk uh during the day and i'll be sitting there and i'll just hear meow and that's how i know there are 10 minutes left and i i can't i can never catch a recording of it because i'm never thinking about it until i hear it Mm. But I just, it's the dumbest thing and it makes me smile every time. Next, uh, when you, because, you know, I stayed at a lot of hotels there for a couple of years. One of the reasons I love staying at a Westin is because Westins smell good. Hmm. Of what? They, they have a signature scent. It's like a white tea smell. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, and they yeah, missed yeah, yeah. it. They missed it in the rooms when they're done cleaning it. And so when you first check in and you first go into your room, you're hit with just this very gentle, very nice smell. It's like going into an Abercrombie, but not as not that much of an assault. Right. Yeah. And you can buy it now. You can buy bottles of the Weston smell, but I won't buy it because it seems like cheating. Well, it'll right. take away the specialness, right? Right. So Weston's are one of my favorite hotel brands to stay at, and it definitely has at least a little bit to do with the smell. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And then I love when you're eating like Doritos and you get the one that has all the Dorito on it. Oh, yeah. Mm. Extra powder, tongue side down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all the flavor crystals or whatever. Yeah, See, so you, you get that super flavor chip. You wrote the chip with extra seasoning on it. And I took the word chip and turned it into the chocolate chip cookie with the extra chip load in it. When you get one of those chocolate chip cookies that's just loaded down. Yes. Oh. Yep. Yeah. All good. All right, Meredith. Anyone else have any quick hits yep. here? Meredith's yeah, got yeah, one yeah. left. My okay. last one in my organization apparent theme is uh, zero inbox. And I, so um, 
I was sharing a screen or somebody was sharing a screen with me today at work and they had uh, 1500 unread emails <laughs> and that, that gave me anxiety on their behalf. Um, so it's something that I do to calm my own mind is to go through my email, put them into folders, organize them properly and make sure everything is read and responded to. And I have heard that you're not supposed to do this, but I use my inbox as a kind of to-do list. If there's something I need to address, I leave it in my inbox. Yep, me too. And once I've addressed it, I file it. And that is how I keep track of things. And it works for me, so I don't really care if people think that's a bad idea. Because <laughs> it, it works. Why would it be a bad idea? I don't, I I don't, don't understand it. I've read a couple times that like you shouldn't do that, and I don't know. I don't know why. I don't care. So that is very satisfying to me. And I, I go through... I'm really good about it with my work email. I'm not as great with my personal, but every couple of days I go through and clear out junk and unsubscribe to things that have gotten out of hand. Like filtersfast.com has started emailing me like multiple times a day. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> yeah. need this much filter content in my life. So goodbye. Um, so things like that are very satisfying to me to like clean out and, and, organize and delete. I love deleting things. I love throwing things away. I love cleaning my closet. So it kind of goes along those same lines. Um, and having a tidy inbox is very satisfying and mentally calming to me. I think there's two tricks to the tidy inbox. And one is to stay on top of it, which goes yep. for like snail mail too. Like when I come in from the mailbox, I just stand at the kitchen counter and I go through it immediately. Junk, and open and I open them and I deal with them and then we're done and we don't have piles of mail Same. sitting all over the place. So, so that goes for the inbox. But the other thing uh, that helps in that quest is if you are not a high volume uh, email receiver, which I really am not at work. Like I'm kind of at the end of a, of the tree. Like if our department was a wheel, I'm on the outer edge of the wheel. I'm not a spoke or the That's hub. It's a good place to be. Yep, yeah, I'm of the wheel. So, yeah, Bobby, I bet you're at the hub of the wheel for I'm sure. I'm getting to where I yeah. have you, you, hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> you're much you're much you're both much more hubbier than uh, <laughs> I am. But um yeah, so I don't tend to have all like intra-department stuff and because I'm just not that connected to that many people my little cul-de-sac both physical and emotional and jobby wool so that really helps me <laughs> stay on top of my email that is a good place to be yep i think, I think so great. yep all right bobby finish us off okay i've probably talked about this before but um there's something i call the 805 uh it's a it's a work thing for me uh, and the funny thing is I've been working at the Albany Symphony for two years now, and it's not even 8.05 here. It's 7.35. But, you know, once you name something, you can't change it. Um, our My job and my team's job has a lot of different moving parts. And there's the marketing and fundraising for weeks and months before things. There's the running front of house the night of. There's getting everybody in the door that's making sure we'll call and ticketing don't get fucked up and all that. And then there's the moment that the concert starts. Yes, I see where you're starts. going with this. And it's it's like, we usually start a concert three to five minutes after the, the posted time. It's a couple of minutes to get everybody seated and all that. So there's the moment where the orchestra comes out to tune, and then the conductor comes out, and then you get the first downbeat. It's usually about five minutes after the start of the show. 
And that is the moment where I can be standing in the back of the hall or out in the lobby and know that there's absolutely nothing more I can possibly do to make it a good or bad night. I'm completely absolved. I actually learned this back when I was a copy editor and I was working at the Buffalo News and my shift when I was an intern was from 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. And uh, the lesson there was no matter how good or bad a night it was, when you're leaving, it's done. Yep. Of course, the internet yep. has changed that. But like the newspapers going off the presses now, they're loading the first trucks. There's it's nothing finite. else you can do. There, yeah, yeah, there's absolutely nothing more you can do. If there's a fuck up, it's there. It's over. You're going to do better tomorrow. That's it. No matter how good or bad it is, it is at least done. And I've always been jealous of people who don't take their work home with them. <laughs> like people who just clock out and turn their brain off and clock back in at nine o'clock the next day. This is the closest I get to that is that that moment where it's in their hands now. You know, I did everything I could off stage. It's their turn on stage. Uh, call it the 805. I tell all of my team this. It's a little bit of euphoria. I, I liken it. I, curse, I, I don't know for sure, but it's like women don't fully remember the pain of childbirth after. <laughs> that's what, that's they, what they that's say. Why they, that's why it, they have more than one. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like that because no matter how miserable we are, there's this magical moment where everything that we've worked for is happening and um, and it's out of our hands. And of course, in 45 minutes or so, intermission's going to hit and I'm going to go back to you know being awake. But yeah, that, that 805, sometimes I sit in the back of the concert hall Sometimes I go backstage and watch whatever baseball game is on the TV in the stagehand's office. Sometimes I just pace around the lobby or go outside for a couple of minutes. But that moment is special. Yeah, I used to have a little bit of that when I worked retail, when I was a retail manager. And when we would we would close at 9 p.m. And then from 9 to 9.20, I would always be a little bit anxious. Like if the phone call is going to be happening it's going to be happening in that window that something's mm-hmm. gone wrong. The cash is off by $150 or there's some problem or whatever. And when that doesn't happen at 920, I could just be like, <sighs> I was definitely not built for retail. Not in that <laughs> sense. I did not like that feeling. Well, the, the warm part about my business is you're making music, right? So like, yep. The mission fulfillment's not, thank God the day is over. The mission fulfillment is, <laughs> the concert it's begins. happening yep. now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then I'll find out in two hours if people liked it or not, if we misseated someone, if someone's pissed about something, but like everyone's out there, so nobody's talking to me at that point. Just, just perfect. That sounds really good. Yeah. That's a big little thing. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure that we have a lot of other things that we'll think of that are um, small things that make us happy. But for now, we want to know what's a little thing that makes you happy. That is going to be our question of the week. Let us know that small moment in life, that cigarette or chocolate chip cookie or five second orgasm, according to Dennis Leary, (laughs) (laughs) that, that keeps you going. I'll be interesting to interested to know what that is. Yeah, the episode title is definitely "Happiness Comes in Small Doses," folks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think that means it's time for Tishi recommends, and I've got a couple today. Um, 
They both debuted last Friday. The first one is the new Zelda game on the Switch. Boy, people are excited about this game. Oh my god. It's called Tears of the Kingdom. It's the follow-up to Breath of the Wild. And it's the same kind of universe, but things have changed and there are new abilities. And it is so much fun i feel i've been playing for a week and i've only scratched the surface i feel like i could be playing this game for a year and not finish it um and it's this kind of this the this game and breath of the wild are both like kind of puzzle solving games where they they reward creativity and ingenuity and um inventiveness and this one kind of takes that to the next level uh, it opens things up in a lot of different, really interesting ways. And it's an open world game. You can walk around and just like pick flowers if you want to, or you can follow the storyline if you want to. And it, it, I, I really do love games where you can do whatever you want, whatever you feel like doing. Um, that's kind of why, you know, Stardew Valley is kind of in that same vein where you can just like pet chickens if you want to, <laughs> um, or you can go fight or you can go, you know, whatever. Um, so it's kind of in that same vein, but it's it's so much more involved and complicated and fun and interesting and inventive. Um, so I'm just really, really, really enjoying it. It's super duper fun. Um, and I want to be doing that every second of the day instead of work right now. Mm, but I have I to know work that a feeling. little bit. Yeah. Um, I so know people who recommend. actually took time off. <laughs> I took Friday. Well, I tried to take last Friday off because it came out on the 12th. And I ended up having to work most of the day, but I definitely had my switch in my lap for for most of that day. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what people come up with. Um, I'm already seeing some really crazy things on social media that people are doing, and it's really interesting and fun. So highly recommend. Um, and the other one is the third season of The Great also came out on May 12th. So um, I was just like overwhelmed with things that I wanted to do that day. So that's why I took the day off. And um, I've really enjoyed that series. It's a very loosely <laughs> historical account of Catherine the Great. Um, it's raunchy and funny and gross and upsetting and weird. Um, it's I, I don't know if there's another show quite like it. Um, and I also am very much enjoying that. It's on Hulu. So, man, I need to get around to that. Oh, I love it. Uh, I added the lightsaber chopsticks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Okay, Bobby. I'm looking at these (laughs) lightsaber chopsticks. Yes. Uh, They're called chopsabers, guys. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great name. It's a really, really, really good name. I I believe there are two different versions. The version I've been buying, which just light up with a little button on the bottom, and they're just fun. But then there's a version that have food safe tips on them if you do actually want to eat with them. The, the about this item, the first one is so good. these are the chopsticks you're looking for. Okay. Come to the yummy side and dazzle everyone. May the delicious food be with you. See, lies in your hands. <laughs> all right, all right. Add to cart. I know I really like them. Uh, Meredith, keep going. She's adding them I'm to I'm sorry. Cart. I was looking at the lightsaber chopsticks. <laughs> All right. Uh, time to get involved. Our website is thisshowhaseverything.com. Please join our Facebook group and answer our question of the week. We read your responses on the air, obviously. Um, our show Twitter doesn't exist um, because fuck Elon Musk. Although 
you know, they're handing the, the company over to a woman so that it can fail under her watch and then they can pile on her. So that's Ugh, exciting. He just gets worse and worse. Yep. Um, instead of going to Twitter, please just send us an email at tshishow at gmail.com. That's where you can record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us. And we will either play it or not based on what you want us to do. Um, you can always fax Bobby your butt, uh, at 617-354-8513. Our AOL keyword is tshi, of course. Um, and thank you for joining us. And that was everything about the little things that make us happy, except not at all, because there's a whole bunch nope. more. Nope. Yeah. So yep. much more. We could have part three of this show, I'm sure. We sure could. Mm-hmm. We're just reality TV and things that make us happy is all we do now. I don't see the problem. Mm-hmm. Just every other week. Yeah. Until we run <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Yep. Today